0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Day 10 of the 7 a.m. Novelist March, March Writing Challenge. I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. Today, we hear from author Stephanie Gale about overcoming not writing. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Stephanie Gale is the immediate past president of Sisters in Crime and the author of Idle Threats, Idle Fears, and Idle Hands. She works at MIT and shares a home with the world's cutest buddy, Bao. And Bao, is sitting behind her on the couch right now. So maybe we'll have a bow siding. Okay. Stephanie's talking to us about not writing and overcoming not writing. So Stephanie, and I had my guests bring topics to me this time. So Stephanie, why did you want to talk about this? And what's your experience with it?
1: Yeah, so I think we don't often talk about not writing. I mean, why would you? It seems like a weird negative thing to talk about for a craft topic. But I think it's something that affects all writers at one point or more in their career. And um, it can be crippling. It can be like, it can be very daunting. I think the term writer's block is a little misused. I mean, I have identified seven forms of not writing writing. But I think when you're not writing, you can feel a lot of guilt. You can feel a lot of shame. You can feel kind of paralyzed. You can think, when am I gonna get over this? And the truth is you probably will. It's like anything. Um, And it's nice to know that you're not alone. You're not the only person to have suffered this ailment. And sometimes there's legitimately good reasons for it. I I find the most toxic piece of writing advice is that you should write every day. I think it's incredibly ableist. I think it's classist. I think it presumes that everybody has just got the time and the health, and the money to sustain that kind of lifestyle. And so I like to kind of reveal that that is probably not the case for the vast majority of writers I know.
0: And I always tell people to write every day. Um, but the reason, but when I say, <laughs> when I, and so I'm ableist, and I'm i I'm a, yeah, I'm a, <laughs> but um, because I think we misuse what, in this term, what writing actually is. So I think writing every day is me coming up with an idea. Actually, I woke up in the middle of the night last night cuz I wake up constantly. I don't sleep all that well. And I'd been um I saw this weird shadow coming through the front window. And it made me think of something in my book that I could use. Oh. So for me that is writing like keeping your keeping your brain going in some way keeping your brain on the subject even if even if you're racing around racing after your kids doing all these other things um you know being open to those moments of discovery and and moving forward on your plot when you're not sitting at your computer and when you're not you know um and to me that's writing
1: yeah we're very different people i sleep like the dead and if I woke up like you did my first thought would have been what's my nearest weapon improvise a weapon charge to the window
0: you like crime books as well yes 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 yes
1: that is me um no I agree I think I think that is a much more expansive uh idea of writing and I do agree that that lots of people who aren't writing are probably right about the weapon I write about weapons all the time my google yes. search history is yeah. very alarming <laughs>
0: Do you think because because you had said beforehand, like um so many people come up to you, you've done this talk before, and other people come up to you like thanks, oh my gosh, because I'm not writing. And that's the sad thing. Like people think that they need to hide the fact or or not <laughs> tell other people because they feel guilty about it. And in all truth, more people are are more writers are not writing than are writing. It's just that we only see on social media all these, you know, oh, I did this or people would take pictures of their full manuscripts and, and yeah. all of them, so. Yeah. No,
1: it feels like a personal attack. Sometimes when people ask you how you're writing, you know, it's just yes. like, how dare you? My dad asked <laughs> me the other day and I just told him how very dare you. <laughs> how very dare you. And I asked you before the podcast and I probably said, how dare you? Um, yeah, no. So currently, um, yeah, I've been, I've been writing little things, uh, But so one piece of advice for when you're not writing um, is if the thing that you are working on, in my case, a manuscript is stymieing you, you're not, I I just turn my attention to something else, like work on a short story, work on a poem, kind of try to free your mind out of the task that you're doing. And maybe that will unstick you and and, and frequently it can. Um, Sometimes the advice is just literally to walk away from it. Sometimes physical exercise, I know people swear by walking. I swear by showers. Get yeah. good. Someone said that in the shower. So yeah, I have ideas, it? but they always come when I'm driving, having a shower. Do you have any ideas for these ideas to not vanish? Shower um, is a little tougher because, you know, water. So unless you have something that's, there probably are notebooks you could write in that would, do, but at any rate, when you get out of the shower, have a notepad near the shower, if that's really When you're driving, um, you could always record an audio note um, on your phone. So
0: get in the habit of that. And get in the habit of that and get in the habit of having notebooks or even physical notebooks with you. And what I do in those shower moments, because I have quite a lot of them, yeah. I guess I take really long showers, but um, I'll have an idea and I'll repeat it to myself in my head over over and over. And actually, if I have a couple ideas, I number them. Oh, wow. So that I know, like, I'll be like, okay, I just had two ideas, or okay, I just had three ideas so that I know that, you know, um, and I repeat them so that when I walk out of the shower, and I have a chance to get it down, that there's three things that I'm looking for to remember. Yeah. Um, So I do think you can do it and actually repeating them in your head. Um, might ref- and repeating the link re- re- might refine them a little bit, um, simplify them in a little bit in ways that can be helpful. Yeah.
1: And Anna, if you truly lose it, like if you can't remember, just say to yourself, ah, oh, it must not have been very
0: good. Exactly. Exactly. I'll make you feel better. That's the problem too. We have these ideas in the shower, like, oh my God, that fixes everything. And then you're like, this this fixes nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is this just wasn't a very good idea. Okay. So other, so you talk about going, working on something else, which I absolutely think is great. Yes. Uh, what are some other, other, other ways of overcoming not writing?
1: I sometimes think just getting inspiration from other areas. Sometimes when you're not writing, reading something actually isn't terrifically helpful because it might make you feel worse. So go yeah. look at something like go to nature's a big one for me. um, I actually look out onto an undeveloped piece of land between all the properties in my suburb and there's a lot of wildlife there. And I, that just, it's great for me. But um, I'd say go to an art museum, you know, look at sculptures, look at paintings, sometimes listening to music, going to a concert, seeing people dance, other art forms can inform you in subtle and unexpected ways, but they can also just make you appreciate that not all art is written. You're part of a greater legacy that is more than kind of the sum of its parts. And that's lovely. And I think we take it for granted every day. So maybe do that. Um, and, and if you have any talent, or even if you don't have talent, I picked up watercolors and drawing during the pandemic. Um, sometimes it's nice to practice something else. And for me, because I am a published writer and I've gotten to a certain part in my career, when I'm writing, I don't think it's good. I'm very critical. But when I'm drawing and I'm not very good, I'm much more patient with myself because I haven't achieved a level of any like real talent. So when something's good, I'm unexpectedly delighted and I'm not hypercritical in the same way that I am of the thing that I think I'm better at. So sometimes that can be really freeing.
0: Yeah. I was also taking drawing classes before um, the pandemic and I have zero, I think I have negative talent somehow. Um, I don't understand how to draw something how to look at something and draw it. And the person yeah. used to be in the class was like Michelangelo. So that was difficult, but, um, doing a form that you're also not used to being around. So you can say, talk about listening to music, but I think even giving, getting yourself out of your ordinary life, mm-hmm. out of the ordinary things that you're used to looking at. So, yeah. so artworks or other, we have, um, in a few weeks, we have, uh, Margot Robb, who's going to be talking about writing in gardens, And she lives in Philadelphia, which I guess is the city of gardens. So I I, um, recommend that you guys uh, listen to that just for inspiration. That's where she gets her inspiration from. But yeah, I mean, because this is also about feeding on the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like getting out of your head a little bit and getting out of the project that you're focused on and and feeding on the wider, the wider world. Okay, Mm -hmm. some other, some other recommendations you have. Okay, Uh, so When you're not writing because you
1: messed something up or you wrote yourself into a corner or you just realized that like the thing, your plot doesn't work anymore because you've introduced something and um, that can be really panicky and that can feel bad because you, you did it. You made that problem. (laughs) Like literally no one else made that problem. You created the world in which that problem exists. Um, If you know, and are friendly with other writers, which you should be um, ask them for help because I, I just met with someone who was having really hard time incorporating some editorial feedback into his work. And I just sat down and I said, okay, well, well what's your book about? And what's your problem? Because it is much easier for someone from the outside to come in with a fresh set of eyes. They have no emotional investment or attachment to your work and, and maybe offer some ideas. Now, they may not always be perfect, but they're often not the things you've necessarily thought of. Yeah. And they're coming from a fresh direction and they might help you. Um, and it's free, generally speaking, I think actually I charged him a coffee and a brioche a chocolate, but pretty good, uh, yeah. for the, for the advice. Um, so
0: and I other people's ideas too. I mean, again, and this includes even in workshop and sometimes I'll let people get a little prescriptive in workshop. It's I, it's, I, I guess good being good prescriptively is, is spitballing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you're listening to other people's ideas those ideas aren't necessarily your solutions. And for the most part, they aren't going to be your solutions, but they can bump you off your stuck track yes. um, and kind of open you up to the other the, the the fact that there are other possibilities. So I think it's yeah. a great, um, you know, I'll it, my husband is not a writer, he's an engineer, but I'll talk to him about things because he'll throw things at me that are completely out of the orbit and, and could actually be really really helpful in that way. So yeah, no
1: for sure. So don't feel like you know you like it's although you created the problem or the issue, it is not incumbent on you to solely be the person who can answer it. Like you can yes. certainly
0: seek outside counsel. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Other help for us? Stephanie, we need help. When we're not writing, we need help. <laughs>
1: So um, one thing I want to talk about was jealousy because sometimes I think people read. It's possible you'll read something, you'll be like, "This is the best thing I've ever written," and I or, or read, and I never want to write again because, like, in in response to that, you just feel like ugh. Um, and that's that's common. That's not rare, and that's but it's bad. <laughs> so you know, like the shortest path is from A to B is a direct line, right? So the shortest path I say to jealousy and envy is direct comparison. Mm-hmm. There's just no reason for it. Um, so, you know, I say when you read something really good, think about what you liked about it for sure. And and why did it work? And what did you think was interesting? And then not plagiarism, but like think about what in your own work you could you could use, you know what I mean? Like I love, um, I can't think of her name, Madeline... I think her last name, she wrote Circe and the book about Achilles. Um, Yes, yes, Madeline Miller. I love her writing. I am never going to write like Madeline Miller, but I can think about what she does that I find interesting and try to like see if I can use any of that.
0: Yes, Um, yes and and yeah allow allow those people to teach you so cam in the chat has said i mean kind of ba- based on this what do you think about more story based diversions such as reading movies and again they if if you're going into the comparison mode it can be a problem yeah um yeah. i think if you're going into the learning mode Um, and for me, it's also about getting excited again about what I'm doing. Like, these are the possibilities. This is why I'm trying to write literature, because I know that it can do these things for a reader. I know that it can actually give these gifts to someone and not that, not that I necessarily think I can get there, but it, it it kind of means like, yeah, this is, this is, this is something important and this is something I want to do. Yeah. Um, i think say to Cameron, um.
1: Yeah, if it's if it's if too much direct comparison or too much is bad, but if, if you're enjoying reading or the movie's great, and I would also say that the absent of, it's kind of the inverse of what I was just talking about. Sometimes bad examples of the thing are equally or better instructive than the good examples. Um, one thing I like to think about a lot is horror. Horror is really hard to pull off, particularly in films. I love horror movies, but I'm maddened by about 80% of them. It, part of it is the setup. You have to reveal the thing that is terrible without sucking all of the drama out the minute the thing is revealed. And that is so tricky. And how do you keep people invested and fearful once you've seen the monster? I also find that most horror is um, best when the monsters are human, because even in stories where like the monster is a monster, the humans are usually just the worst.
0: Yeah. So the monster so, is like made of plastic and you're like, okay, yeah. It's not scary. Yeah. So if you look at the bad thing
1: and think about, well, why doesn't that work? Like what specifically do I dislike about this? Yeah. Often you can look at your own work and go, Oh, you know, like, am I cheating the drama in my own work? Am I cutting those scenes too fast? Cause I just don't want to live with the uncomfortability of that scene. Um, I do that with tension sometimes, not often. Cause I love tension, but every now and then I'll be like, those people just got out of that very difficult conversation way too easily so yeah. you can start to think about what makes those works unsuccessful and whether there's something that you can learn from them as well plus sometimes watching bad stuff i just find entertaining more <laughs> movies than books books i find slightly more infuriating but movies i find fun. <laughs>
0: um yeah so so always putting having the learning hat on and this also helps you guide you in terms of what you like mm. and- what your own pacing, internal pacing is and what, cause you do have that. So, so who you are as a writer and what you, because there's, there's lots of different kinds of writers that you can be mm-hmm. and lots of different styles. So this can kind of help teach you like how you're reacting to these things can help teach you what, what you're like the most. So we have Judith in the chat. She says, I have found that when I hit a stuck place. There's a reason I am facing some problem in the novel that I either haven't realized or have no solution for that comes after I clear my head for a while with other stuff. So giving herself a break before she launches, back. I absolutely think so. I think sometimes you're stuck absolutely for a reason that yeah. the novel's not supposed to go in that direction. There's something wrong. Um, So it's, it's telling you something.
1: Yeah. If you white knuckle through that and just make yourself right, you may just continue down the wrong path. So yeah. if your brain is niggling at you and telling you like, maybe, you know, listen to it. That's just your intuition. So, you know, go off and do something else for a bit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Excellent. And on the topic of loving things, I feel bad because I couldn't find the attribution this morning. Um, But there is a writer who is also a PhD in psychology and she gives a talk about writing tropes and uh, not even just writing tropes, but movie tropes, tropes that you love. So what she advises people do is make a list of all the tropes that you just, you love, makeover scenes, um, strangers, uh, enemies to lovers, you know, things that when you read them or you see them on film, you just really, you like them and you're like, oh yeah, this is hitting all my sweet spots. Make a list. And this list can start to really grow when you just think about it. Like I love um, doppelgangers. I do like a good makeover scene. I like frenemies to lovers. I like all sorts of stuff. I like sharks, stories about sharks. I like Crichton-esque stories where like um, the thing that you've built turns on you. And so if you create this list, sometimes when you're stuck, you can look at it and say, huh, like I actually had a makeover scene in this book. I was like, well, she's got to become someone else. And it is a doppelganger story. So like, why don't we just throw her shopping and give her a bitchy person who's doing her hair and have some fun with it? And it, it was nice. It was nice to have like a freeing fun scene that even if I don't keep it, and I suspect I will actually, um, I enjoyed writing it because it was one of the things that like, and, and tropes are tropes for a reason. So more often than not, other readers are going to be like, yeah, that's my jam.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I love ensembles. I love mm-hmm. uh, unlikely friendships. So, so paying attention again to that—the stuff that gets you excited—can get you excited again about your own writing.
1: Yeah. 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 Because you often, it's a little bit too like looking at someone's literature and thinking, "Oh, I could not possibly do that." But like, you can reinvent tropes in a way that works for you, um, no matter what you're writing, and it can be quite fun because you know you know the basic setup, and that's really nice. Sometimes the difficulty of writing is, oh my God, it's a blank page. What am I going to put on it, right? If you, if you haven't fully imagined what's to come next. The nice thing about a trope is, you know, the basics. So you can kind of go from there.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And actually tomorrow we're having A.E. Osworth and they're talking to us about joy riding, and they have a particular uh, topic about joy writing. So I would definitely listen into that because I think that feeds off of all of us. Like, like, don't, don't, when you do have time, because time is also a problem, but when you are able to sit down, kind of following what you're excited about. And again, it might not be the project at hand. It might not be the project that you've been thinking out. It might be something else. And that I think can also just give get you into the mind space um and I think it's it can be it can be really good for you so yeah, for sure okay other any other fixes for us I mean I think probably the most
1: common form of writing is what I call I don't wanna. and it's like <laughs> you know the weather is nice it's the first beautiful sunny day or you have plans that evening you're like oh, fixing fitting and writing is going to be difficult right Or, or you wake up and you don't feel well. And you're like, well, I should really give myself a pass. And it's very easy to continue down this path of, I don't want to. And, and it's, it's going to be an everyday struggle. And part of it is if you establish a consistent habit, it's a little easier than to just like, I once read that, like, if you want to work out, leave your sneakers by the side of your bed so that when you wake up, you see them. And it's kind of like a little bit of a trick to your brain to say like, nope, now's the time we put our close on. Um, you can also try, and this is also for establishing habits, just doing it for five minutes. Yes. If At the end of five minutes, you don't want to do it anymore. That's fine. Walk away. But sometimes just the act of doing it will get you into a mindset of like, Oh no, I wrote a good sentence. And now I want to write another sentence that goes off of that sentence. Um, or, you know, you'll, you'll build some momentum. You'll, you'll, solve a problem that you weren't even thinking about. Um, but but do keep in mind, like every time you sit down or stand or however you write, talking to a recorder, it's literally an act of bravery. You are committing like an act of artistry. It's an act of bravery. Most people who talk about writing don't do it, like never ever do it. They just talk about it. And I- so when you do it, that's that's a real, it's a moment. And I think most people don't, you know, we're too busy beating ourselves up about the quality of our words or the fact that we're not writing enough words. So like kind of recognize that and give yourself some grace because um, I'm really hard on myself. Like I'm the kind of person who doesn't let herself shower until I meet a word goal. (laughs) So take it from me, like being kind to yourself is not weakness. It's actually, I mean, do as I say, not as I do, but just, you know, kind of take it easy on yourself. Cause I don't think beating the crap out of yourself is going to make it any easier to return to a task.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I'm about 25% German blood according Ooh. to ancestry.com. And, uh, that part of me can be rather vicious Yeah, <laughs> apologies to other Germans. Out there. Um, uh, <laughs> just lost oh, the Germans. Oh no. <laughs> just lost all the Germans, but, but I do think I, I think I'd also be careful. Okay. Be good to yourself. Yes. But also be careful. I, I find sometimes people are like, well, I can only write if it's absolutely quiet
1: or, or don't I can... be precious. Nope, don't yeah. be precious. So years ago I wrote a story about like, um, writing and I was like, light a candle. And the reason for the writing, the candle was actually a sensory thing. Again, it tricks your brain into saying, this is the smell of writing, do it. Yeah. But when I looked at that advice later, I was like, "That's a little precious." Real writers should be able to write in a grocery store, by which I mean writing internally in your head, yeah. you know, I mean? scribbling on a piece of paper. Your life is probably going to be like anybody else's life, full of mundane and necessary tasks, keeping other people alive, etc. Get good at writing in airport terminals. You know what I mean? Like, take away the "oh, I should be in an, an attic garret" and you know, coughing blood into a handkerchief and doing all of the romantic ideas of what writing is. Writing's generally very unromantic. Um, your yeah. writer. It's it's not what you see portrayed. So get good at being comfortable kind of playing catch as catch can with writing. Do not be precious about your writing.
0: And and challenge yourself a little bit in that because so yeah. I people I hear people like, well, I can only write in a certain space at a certain time when everything's quiet. And in and, and that you're just setting up uh, basically, sorry, excuses for yourself to not write. Yeah. And it's not necessarily gonna be helpful to you. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of writers, they write on trains, they write in cafes, they, they, they have little pieces of paper um, with them in their cars after they drop off their kids at school because their kid has just said something that they wanna remember. Um, You know, when I the last time I flew to Cyprus at the beginning of um, December, I um, actually completely gutted the novel structure I was working on and rehashed it because I had a 15 hour, 20 hour trip Mm -hmm. sitting in the world of my novel instead of sitting in a plane where the kid next to me was, you know, throwing his cup you know on my leg five thousand mm-hmm. times um yes. is much a better place to be you know <laughs> it's my book with my book in my head is a much better place to be um and so and i can't I can, they'll be hard I, I think that sort of thing takes practice like kind of challenging yeah. yourself and and forcing yourself kind of out and and working in the world and you can get more used to that as well
1: yeah I mean, it's the kind of thing you get good at because you kind of have to be good at it. Most people aren't going to be like, well, I have access to this beautiful writing space with nobody around. So I think I'll go write at a loud cafe if that's not their druthers, but, but certainly try, um, writing in places like where you have time, like on a train sometimes, um, where you might just not be thinking of it, like where you're more of a consumer and you're reading or you're looking out the window, you know, give it a go.
0: Yep. Um, other people have commented, you know, if you can if you can afford them good headphones or sound canceling headphones can be helpful mm-hmm. in in louder places yep. um you know and when i'm working in public spaces too and i'll be like god this couple next to me they're just going on and on about this thing and i can't concentrate and and sometimes i'm under deadline but sometimes i can also then eavesdrop on what the couple is saying <laughs> I
1: mean, i've gotten in trouble uh good more me. than once yes for listening to other people but i mean man Restaurant stuff. There's like, there's rich stuff going down. Y'all open your ears, pay attention. I've seen people break up. I've seen a a person's date, leave them and then demand that the chef come and talk to them in like (laughs) a weird, that one was magic. (laughs)
0: also also reading people because I'm like okay these people on a first date Uh, why do I think that what are what sort of uh, physical how are they acting physically that I can see that Um, how are they how are they speaking or not speaking so learning to pick up on those things because you can use those in your writing because your characters will be acting in the same way I also just
1: like to make up stories about people that are like wholly improbable it's more like a comedic bit but like oh, look, those people just came in from their Arctic adventure. And well, one of them ate the captain, but they're never going to talk about it. You know, and that's a form of writing, too, because you're just inventing stuff out of whole cloth. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we have um, Nora Ephron, I guess someone said in the chat, everything's copy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Susan, do you have tips for reengaging with your story when you've been away?
1: Yes. So uh, I guess it depends on how long you've been away. Um, but sometimes the thing to do is to think about why you started writing it and what you like best about it without getting like, start reading every single page and be like, because then your editor brain is kicking in. So if you want to re-engage with it in the way that you are generatively writing, just kind of go top of brain. Like what was it about the story that inspired me to write it? What do I like best about it? Maybe what's challenging me, but like, don't, I think sometimes people make the mistake of having to read everything up to the point that they dropped off and that can, uh, that'll stick you in the rut that you were in while you were writing that section, just stay loose with it and then start writing again. I'd say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I do. Someone else said, um, well, someone said not letting myself reread what I've written until I'm, I'm ready to sit down and write the next time. Um, mm-hmm. I'll oftentimes have a few passages in what I'm working on that I know that I like. Mm-hmm. And like, and that that takes me back into the project. Like, okay, this page at least is what I'm going for. This page is what makes me excited, and I'm not editing. It doesn't turn my critic on. So that can kind of get me back to that space. But always, I think it's always important. You know, people sometimes they they go through these crises. Like, I don't know why I'm doing this, or um, you know, there's a pandemic, or it's night yeah. eleven, or these awful, awful things that make us question why we are doing this and i would argue that those are good questions to ask mm-hmm. uh, because they're constantly reminding you okay this is why i'm doing this this is why it's important to me this is why it's exciting to me because you're you're going to need those answers you're going to need to get back to um that beginning place where you were excited and 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 thought that the project could go somewhere in the first place all right, Stephanie, I think we're going to have to let these folks go to their writing desks. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find our full March writing challenge schedule on our Substack page at 7amnovelist.substack.com. You can subscribe there for updates and take part in the conversations. And if you want to join our daily webinars in March, you can still email me at 7 amnovelistsubstackcom at substack.com, and I'll send you the registration info. You can also find the podcast version of these webinars on your favorite podcast platforms. And if you like what we're doing, you can follow, rate, and review our podcast. So that other people can find us. Please tune in. If you're interested in what we were talking about today, I do definitely uh, recommend A.E. Osworth's uh discussion tomorrow about joy writing because th- that was pre-recorded. I had so much fun um interviewing A.E. for that. So I think um you guys will really enjoy it as well. Okay, Stephanie, are you gonna be able to get any writing done today? Uh, really up for grabs i have a very full day i do have a full-time job and i'm going to the theater
1: this evening my goal is to maybe write honestly like a paragraph
0: today wonderful okay everybody thank you so much for being with us and i hope you have a wonderful writing day